What's going on? Welcome to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here, joined by Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. And we took a week off, but we have so much to talk about this week coming off of that final chase, coming up to another event coming up this weekend in West Virginia. So, so much to get into. Um, I'm just going to dive right into it and start with that final chase singles recap. Now, this was in Bedford Park, Illinois, and this was over the 4th of July weekend. We were all there. And we had one of the most impressive weekends I've seen from a single player, that single player being Mark Richards, who took first in pro singles, Alex Rawls taking second, and Tanner Halbert and Trey Birchfield taking third. Um, And we're going to talk about Mark Richards' perfect game when we get to doubles a little bit later, but still impressive in singles. Trey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts are, uh, man, Mark Richards, right? I mean, I just... uh, uh, you know, over the coming weeks, there'll be long debates about MVP, Rookie of the Year, Breakout Player, all these different awards to be given out. But I just find it funny that we 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 thought we had a shoe in for MVP with an outside shot, maybe at a Mac guy or maybe an Alex Rawls, and then all of a sudden, Mark Richards says, "Hey guys, I ain't done yet. Here I am." Yeah, here I am. So he kind of just jumped right into the conversation. And um, uh, I, I, I was just impressed and, and how steady and, and consistent that he was. You know, in the interviews, I loved his, his phrase, you know, you play the game, not the name. Um, and I think he took that in, in every game that he played and he threw every bag individually. I thought you know, it was it was super impressive just to see him throw at a really high level. I was also impressed by Alex Rawls. I mean, yep. how how dominant he was in day one. Um, you know, I think it's one of those situations, kind of like what we saw with Tony Smith at the bag brawl. I think maybe if we play that on day, if we play the finals on the same day of bracket play, I think Alex Rawls may win that. Um, you know, he may win that day. So I, I don't know that that could have played a factor certainly. Um, but, but Alex Rawls had a really strong showing. Obviously Tanner Halbert does really well. Tony Smith propels himself all the way into the top five. This is something that Anthony talked about coming into the final chase was that Tony Smith had a chance to get rid of a really poor performance and, and catapults himself all the way into the top three. Um, obviously he doesn't win his bracket, so he can't go that far, but still to jump all the way to five. And now the number five ranked player in the world. This is the player that coming into the last season, we thought Tony Smith had the potential to be, and now he's, he's living up to those expectations. So yep. was really impressed to see him um, play at such a high level, but uh, honestly, it was great to see Trey Birchfield as well, our pro singles champion from last season, finally win a bracket, right? We were talking about when was he going to win a bracket? When was he going to get onto that stage? Well, he finally does it. He finally breaks through um, and does and does just that. So there was a lot of other big names, you know, uh, uh, top players that I kind of thought were almost going to get there. No Almanza had a really big run. I thought there was a, uh, there was a chance that he was going to get through it. Um, I thought Alex Hicks, I, I really thought that that was going to be his, his time to shine. And um, just, it was a weird, as soon as he lost, he lost almost immediately again. I mean, it was almost like that first, 
it was a really close loss in the winner's bracket and he just, he just couldn't get over it into the elimination bracket. So um, I thought Hicks played really well, obviously Holland as well. Uh, there were, there were, there were a lot of great players, but it, you felt like it was a different, you felt a different vibe in the building. And to me, to me, at least it felt like the last chance to kind of fight through. It felt like a little bit more of a, a desperation intensity from a lot of different players, but overall, we really saw some of the best best in the world compete and it was it was fun to watch. Absolutely. Anthony, how about you? Yeah, Trey, that was a good point. I really felt that kind of last chance feel on the field as well for that weekend knowing going into worlds. Um yeah, I'd really like to break down the final four, what we saw saw on the ESPN broadcast. I think there's a lot to talk there, but Kind of wanted to go through some individuals like you were saying. Uh, you already mentioned Tony Smith. To me, it was the best-looking Tony Smith that I've seen. I thought he was primed for an ESPN broadcast. Um, he went through the number one player at the time in Jamie Graham. I mean, that game was absolutely insane, but Tony Smith just had that little bit of an edge uh, in that win. And you talked about the Birchfield uh, match. So ultimately, Birchfield gets Tony Smith. We kind of watched that game together. I thought Birchfield's mental toughness was eye-opening. I mean, if he brings that level of intensity mind-wise to every game, I think that he's going to be absolutely insane uh, and tough to beat. I just didn't see that once he got to once he got to the broadcast. I didn't see that same level of focus and just grit going on there, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And a quick comment on that. I mean, I brought it up and I kind of forgot about it in, in my intro, but that game between Tony Smith and Trey Birchfield was – was interesting, right? Yes. There was some gamesmanship there by, whether intentional or not, by Trey Birchfield. You know, it's the Tony Smith delivering a bag, Trey Birchfield maybe kind of walking up to deliver his throw or walk up to the front as that delivery happens. Sometimes on a follow-through, Trey Birchfield may have gotten a little bit closer to the middle crossover line than he yeah. probably should have. It's It was a nothing thing. I, nothing I saw within the game told me okay this is 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 necessarily illegal um now there was some things with trey birchfield in the previous game against jamie graham that he was stepping over the line uh, an acl director was brought over to enforce the game the the director made himself announce that he was announcing the game and trey birchfield didn't miss from then on out against jamie graham <laughs> so trey birchfield beats jamie graham in the losers bracket but gets to the final and uh, yeah, I, I just thought maybe Tony Smith let Trey let things that shouldn't matter kind of get into his head a little bit. If we saw the same level of focus from Tony Smith against Jamie Graham, I agree with you that Tony Smith was the best may have been the best player in the building and probably would have beaten Trey Birchfield in that bracket final. It's just I think he kind of let Trey get in his head a little bit. Yep, I could see that. <clears throat> Definitely wanted to mention Zockline. I thought he smashed. Um, this is how competitive the pro division is. Check this out. In 100-plus rounds, he led the bracket in a 10.26 DPR. He had a bracket leading, or excuse me, PPR, had a bracket leading, leading 0.7 DPR. Takes 17th. <laughs> how does that happen? Leads both categories and then takes 17th because he just, when it was time to win that one, that important game, he didn't win, but he was fire all weekend in singles and doubles. Definitely wanted to give him some some props. I think he's coming. Uh, I think he's kind of broke out and gotten through that just kind of newness thing. Allison Peters, Misha, imagine this. 
Imagine your opponent through an entire tournament. Take all the opponents you play, average them up. On average, your opponents are throwing a 10.15 against you the entire tournament. She still had a positive DPR, which means she was bettering that through the entire tournament. I was really impressed with Peters in that tournament. She looked really good. Alec Ryan? I mean, where did this guy come from? The bulk of the pro field is going, who the heck is Alec Ryan? Well, I'll tell you who he is. He's the 143rd ranked singles player who comes in and takes down Johnny Cox, Damon Dennis, and Jacob Trzinski, just to name a few. So I know the pro fields, if they didn't know who he was before, they know who he is is now. I mean, no, they were going, who's that Alex Ryan guy or, or whatever his name is? So. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I yeah. saw him later and I said, dude, you made a run. He's like, yeah, I made a sprint. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Almanza, you mentioned Hicks. He's just getting closer and closer to that ESPN debut. Uh, it's coming. Isidro Herrera. I mean, this dude is non-existent outside the national stage, but then he shows up. It doesn't matter. He runs all the way to fifth in his bracket. Dylan Turpin, the national number one, Dylan Turpin showed up. He made that big jump. Also, we were talking about 21 going into uh, into Chicago comes out of there a top 10 player. So a really strong one from Turpin. And he was this close to making ESPN um, as well. So. What about James Baldwin? Did you see that run from him, Trey? Yes, yes. It was good to finally see James Baldwin bounce back a little bit. In singles. So that was that was really good, too. So, yeah, I definitely want to just take a moment just to break down that final four. So we had the semifinal number one was Rawls versus Birchfield. Um, Rawls is so damn consistent at all the shots. So he's either in the hole or he's in front of the hole. And I think this is where... I want to talk a little bit about the dirty game because I think he has an elite level dirty game and there's a stigma or, you know, thought on what a dirty game is. A dirty game is not only carpetbaggers. A dirty game is not being just skilled at the blocker. It's so much more than that. The block game is half the battle, right? Creating traffic, making a block is half the battle. An elite level dirty bagger has to have an offensive skill set to complement a muddy board. That's just half the battle there. It's not just rolling. You have to be able to push through traffic. You have to be able to create side-by-side -side conditions. You have to be able to bully your way into hole control, taking over that block position. And this is what Rawls was able to do. And I think that was a difference in the match against Birchfield. Birchfield just made too many mistakes. And Rawls made him pay with a strong, dirty game without, without a carpet bag. And I think Rawls is one of the superior players at that. If we move on to semifinal number two, Halbert versus Richards. Halbert had one of those games where he was, he just left a lot of bags in the red zone. I mean, it was this, he just wasn't able to complete that collect or that big push or hit that big drag. He was right around the hole, but he just left too many points sitting on the rim. And Richards, I think, is the best in the league at bag on board speed. And I think that's key to his success. And, you know, what am I saying there is he's either, just like I said about, uh, about Rawls, he's either in the hole or he's in front of the hole. So when, you, when you're running bags, and I think this is the best strategy in the game right now to win, option number one, run bags. Get in the hole when there's an open board. And to do that, you got to control the speed. You see some of those players that are just smashing the back of the hole. I think they're coming in way too hot because bag one or bag one through three, if you're dripping the front of the hole with just enough speed, if you miss, you're not finding yourself off the back or you're not finding yourself on the back side of the hole where you're not able to collect or go and rescue those points. So being able to control the uh, the speed to the hole and just dripping is good because when you miss, 
you're going to be on the hole or you're going to be right in front of the hole. And that is going to force errors. And I think Richards is the best in the entire league at doing that right now. His bag on board speed was the difference. Tanner Halbert just wasn't able to overcome that. But if you get to the championship match against Richards and Rawls, I think they have this similar game style, this control trolling of bag on board speed. They dirty the hole up a lot. They get around and they collect, collect and make points off of that. I think that was really the difference. Um, um, so they both lived in the red zone. Their bag positions or uh, Richard's bag positions forced the errors. I think the key was, and I think you could see it and hear it on the broadcast, Rawls was coming up just like a half a bag short on his speed. He was just like that. You know, instead of being a level one or or on the rim of the hole, he was like a level one and a half. And you can see him kind of making this, you know, this motion like, man, I just can't get the bag up there. And, and that was really the difference. To me, Richards is something else. I think his skill set is top notch. His mental toughness is matured. And his just overall demeanor in the game is unmatched. I think a strong number one player in every category all the way around. This dude is pretty solid. What do you think, Mish? I know it's funny that you talked about the bag speed on the boards because the, what I'm looking at is his demeanor, like his ability to control his emotions and stay focused and not react and not respond and stay present to me is far superior than just about anybody else in the pro league right now. Yeah. One, one quick stat I want to add there to, to Rawls. I got a kick out of, I was saying this and I, again, I forgot about it until just now, but Rawls in his bracket was 30th in PPR. Yep. Wow. 30th in his bracket. You're talking about singles, right? Singles. Because I was on his court and every game was dirty. Yeah, every game. I mean, and, game. and that's how he won. Meanwhile, in that same bracket, the person that finished first in that bracket came in 26th. You want to guess who Dang. it was? Cody uh, Henderson. That poor oh, guy, man. <laughs> I don't know. He, can't, he cannot catch a break. He cannot. I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't know wow. what to think of Cody Henderson's year. I have no idea. I mean, it's not like he's playing bad. I mean, are you? I mean, coming twenty sixth. I mean, I know, but you said he was number one in the bracket, right? In the terms of the of the stats. Yeah, so he's not playing bad. He's just not winning. Yeah, (laughs) that's 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 rough. That's brutal. All right. Speaking of stats, let's bring Mike Morton on for Morton Corner and get his thoughts on everything that's going on. Welcome, Mike. Hey, guys. How are you? It's been a little while, huh? Hey, what's up, Mike? It's been a minute. <laughs> so, guys, we've been waiting for this all season. The season has flown by, but we've completed all the nationals. The only points events that are left are the world championships. So, for the first time, we have a little bit of granularity on, on where the standings are. Up to now, there's been, eh, yeah, that's good, but... We're not going to dial into anything until we get a little closer. Well, we're right down to it now. No more scores can be dropped. From this point forward, the only thing that's going to alter the scores or how you do at Worlds is going to be added to the point total. So we're starting to settle in, and I have went through the standings and drawn the cut line. So the infamous cut line. Top 100 singles automatically requalify. Not to say that anyone below that line will not make it in through some other method. But the easiest and most direct method of coming back as a pro is to finish in the top 100 of singles or in the top 50 of doubles. So 
That being said, I thought it would be fun to just, without warning you guys, because that's what I like to do, go through a few names and ask you if the season ended today, in or out. Okay? So, I guess first, just one little minor nitnoid thing. Let's just clarify this. Right now, if the season ended, there would be 135 players requalified. 100 through the singles, and then when you transfer over and look at doubles players in the top 50 that weren't already in the singles, there were another 35. So 135 okay. will automatically requalify. So I'm going to throw some names at you, and let's just see how we do, all right? Some interesting interesting names in here. Um, let's start with Leston Allen. Leston Allen. Trey, in or out? Oh, man. Not, not your prediction, just where, where, where he is right now. And then maybe if you think you want to predict what happens from there. I, I, you know, psychologically, I feel like you're trying to trick me here, right? I feel like Leston Allen should I be thought there. hard about who I was going to go first with. <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? I haven't seen him at the, at, 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 when I try to actually think about it now, my gut says actually he may be outside. Um, that tells me that should be a surprise, but I think I'm going to go off the fact that I haven't seen him be a top finisher in any bracket so far this year. All right. Yep. Anthony, what do you think? So I'm cheating a little bit. I just pulled up the list just to see where he was at. 114th. He is 16 points-ish well, out of that 100. Cheating, Anthony. What's you that? said cheating a little bit. That's that is cheating a lot of it. This guy doesn't care oh, about rules. This guy yeah, doesn't follow. I got to see not. who's gonna. I got to see who he's gonna fight with. So he he's gonna be, he's gonna be fighting uh, Hayden, Nico Morales. Um, I'm just picking somebody. Tyler Cobb at 103. You're giving um, away some other names. Yeah, what do you yeah, Anthony, wait, 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 <laughs> Anthony is, is right, surprisingly. Clearly. <laughs> he is 114th, so he is below the cut line. In singles and in doubles, he sits at 61st. So uh, if the season were to end today, he would be out. However, he's close enough in both of those to be able to make a move. So, so based on those numbers, real quick, before we dive into it, that does that that means based on how things turn out this year, there'll be 51 people accepted via application. So that's a semi-high number, but you know, I'll say next season will be about a fifth of that. But I just want to put that out there that people looking, you know, about where we are right now in automatic qualifiers. Yeah, and that doesn't include all the pros that probably finish it, you know, 105 in singles or 54 in doubles and, you know, will likely get get granted back in, but whatever. They right. have to go the hard way. All right, so so I tried to hit you with one there. Let's let's try another one. Chucky Love. To me, that one feels like in. That one He's, he's definitely had a great and season. I think, and I think in on singles. doubles. 
I think on doubles he. Oh, oh wait, wait. Are you saying only outside the cut line in singles? Or, no, all together, all together. Is he? Outside? I think he's in on doubles. I think him and Timmy have been actually okay, but I, I mean, I could be wrong there, but I feel like he's in. Okay, Anthony, what do you think? Without looking, we're gonna have to look. We're gonna have to watch your eyes. <laughs> it's so hard. The ranks, the ranks are right in front of me here. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with Trey. I think it was um, a stronger. I mean, we've been talking about his singles performance all year. I would think it's a singles performance. Yeah, he, I'm not sure where they're at in doubles. He, he's 80th in singles, 35th in doubles. So, he's oh well, that's in. even better in doubles. Well, he's in. However, when I make my my little cheat sheets here, I've got him in a light green in both, which means he could drop below the cut line if he performs poorly at Worlds. There's realistically someone around 150 to 160. If they finish about third in their bracket, if things fall the right way, they can still make the top 100. And it's not it's not mind-bogglingly difficult. It's not a guarantee either. But anywhere around 150 to 160 and you you have a really good run, you still make it. But conversely, if you're around number 80, 75 to 80, you can very easily drop out too. So so around 80th, I've got him in light green, but definitely in if the season ended today. But how many right. points is he away from that hunter position? Um, he is secure of it by a, a good bit. I don't remember exactly what he was away. Um, but what I will say, you bring me into another topic before I give you my next name, because this is important. We have, there's a tie for 100th. So there's, you know, 101 in singles. But if you forget that tie for a moment, there are seven players below the hundred line within a dozen points, within 12 points. Mm -hmm. And here's my point. Stack bracket games matter. Seven players within 12 points. Any one of those could end up on the outside looking in by essentially not performing well in stack bracket games. And, so and just, just so people understand what that means by 12 points. In, in my logic, or and I, I don't think the math works all the way down, but is every position point or every position in the bracket worth about four points? Yes. So the, the first, the first section, top the top quarter, it, it, it goes down. It starts at right. four, then it goes to two, then it goes to one. Right. So like the, okay. the, the bottom places is only a point difference. The middle is two. I forget what the exact cutoff is, and then the top top parts there's four point difference and also to clarify for people listening what is a stack game a stack game is in a bracket you have two people that finish tied for fifth in a double elimination bracket stack games are those that separate those ties so we take the two people that finish fifth place they play against each other the winner gets fifth the loser gets sixth everybody has a unique finish so what mike essentially what you're saying is if you go oh and two Right. If you finish fifth and then you lose your stack game, no big deal. Your you difference one, is between you fifth one, and sixth, right? But if you go 0-2, you could finish 49th or you could finish 64th, depending yeah. on exactly where, where how many games you win in that stack. And the people around the cut line, let's be honest, the people around the cut line probably don't have many fifth and sixth place finishes in their bracket, right? They're they're looking at ninth place finishes, seventh place, 13th place. So if you go into the stack bracket and you're trying to figure out ninth through 12th, three different you know positions in the standings, ninth and 12th, that's a, that's a good distance in the standings. 
and, uh, if and you, a big, and if big you pick up in points. Three times in a row, if you if you throw away your stack games or don't pay attention or, or play them hard three times in a row, you could be giving away 20, 30 points in the standings, and you could be part of putting yourself right outside that bubble. So, and doubles, by the way, is the exact same story. You've got about five to six names right there within just a couple stack bracket games of being whether whether they're in or out. So that's my warning to all the pros. I give it annually. It's my annual Mike Morton warning to the pros. Don't take your stack bracket games for granted. <laughs> yeah. Last like last cut line comment, a different type of cut line. Bella Sopranent. And Hunter Thorne performed really well in doubles. They are now within the top 50, which means Bella would be an automatic qualifier to take one of those U18 spots. So I put out on Twitter kind of all those automatic breakdowns. Yeah. That is now one, at this time, right. one less spot available for a U18 player to qualify VSA open standings. That makes it that much more interesting when we head in to even say this last you know open event of the season this weekend all right and speaking of bella there are seven if the season ended today seven women make it back automatically so uh right now cheyenne renner sarah cassidy kaylee hunter connie altice yeti Irwan, megan moppin and bella are your seven women that would be above the cut lines in both singles and doubles or Either or singles or doubles is what I should say. Nice. Handful more are close, but that's that's where we are right now. So let me give you one more name, and then I'm going to jet and let you guys carry on. One more name, Brevin Valdivia, in or out? I'd probably say out. I haven't seen anything from him this year. Anthony, what you think? Yeah. I mean, so we're talking a hundred and it's tough, man. I mean, a hundred and singles. That's a lot of people. I, I, I don't know. What do you got? <laughs> you won't even make a guess. And now he's the first and then he doesn't guess. <laughs> You're fired. You're fired from the segment. Think of how many hundred seed players and how many fifty seed players we haven't seen anywhere. It's just a game, Anthony. It's, yeah. it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Literally don't know. Brevin Valdivia squeaks in in singles, ranked 96. By the way, some other ones that are close that you might recognize. Mike Harvey, 99th. Yep. Um, and both of those players nowhere near the cut line in, in doubles. So they have they oh, have a strong Nowhere season. near it in doubles. Correct. Okay. Harvey is 66. Brevin Valdivia is 77. So, so knowing that, I can't imagine the player that a Valdivia is not going in and, I mean, to, to take a, a top 100, what do you got to get, like 12th in your bracket? Ninth, somewhere around there to be able to lock that up? It's a, a solid, decent performance. And by the way, his yeah. partner, Tyler Parent, 107 in singles. Okay. So just outside the anything, anything that speaks well to Brevin, he's going back to ultra bags for the championships. True. Very the true. They oh, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, interesting. That's, a that's point. true. <clears throat> All right. My last point is I looked at my list here. Jay Dotson. Jay Dotson is 51st in doubles, so one outside, 102 in singles, oh, right two there. outside. And if my memory is correct, that's exactly where he finished last season. Yeah, same I think position. He's the first player out and well, consistent. In yeah, interesting. 
All right. That's all I got, all right, guys. Mike, thank you so much. We are going to jump into news around the league next. So thanks for joining us. See you next week. Thanks, Mike. Uh, we have a lot of news around the league, you guys. Just, <laughs> just get ready for it. Here hey, we go. I thought Michelle was going to, like, kick Mike out herself. I think she's got the controls on her end, too. I think she was just going <laughs> to I totally could. <laughs> or maybe and you, too, Anthony, for not playing the game. It was just going to be the Michelle and Trey <laughs> show for the second guys, half of the show. Yeah, you're lucky I'm in a good mood. Um, all right, here we go. Beats of the East in Virginia. Trey Birchfield, Alex Rawls take doubles. Devin Harbaugh takes singles. High roller singles, Alex Rawls. Southwest Conference, AJ Sims takes a singles win, doubles Eddie Grindersleeve and Caleb Batson. For the New Jersey State Championship, we have Kevin Palak takes singles, John Kitchen and Jimmy Humans take doubles. The California State Championship, Vincent Frisch takes singles, Nick Williams and Brennan Ballard takes doubles. Arizona singles, Moses Zazueta doubles, Doug Zaft and Bill Hadley. Illinois State Championship, Ryan Windsor takes singles, and Ryan Windsor and Isidro Herrera take doubles. Connecticut State Championship, Tony Smith takes singles, and Tony Smith and Garrett Koziak take doubles. And Hawaii State Championship singles, Charleston Kipa and doubles, Rich Norman and Keola Smee. Um, that's what we got for news around the league. <laughs> so... Moving on, we're going to talk about the final chase doubles. Um, we had Mark Richards and Philip Lopez take first. Derek Holland and Josh Holland take second. And Eric Zockline, Tanner Halbert, and Tony Smith and Noah Wooten take third. And this is where we saw Mark Richards do something we've never seen before. Throw 36 bags in the hole for a perfect game. Um, I remember when... I think it was the doubles game when like everyone got excited, but Alex hadn't thrown yet. Or, I mean, the Hollands had, who was it? Actually, I don't remember which game it was. Maybe it was that singles, but he was just like this, like to the audience, like, shh, like, hold yeah. on. Like he yeah, hasn't yeah. thrown the bag. It's not over yet. Um, now I'm not about thinking about it. It might've been in singles, but anyways, Mark Richards, impressive. Uh, Trey, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> how about for a second, imagine you're Josh Holland and you just threw a perfect game on TV and then literally two minutes later, you just get one up. Not only was it <laughs> another perfect bat, a perfect game, it was in the finals with yeah. more bags thrown. Like, I more mean, bags. you just yeah. could not have, I mean, Josh just Holland. Just knocked off the mountaintop up. real quick. Yeah, no, immediately <laughs> just kicked right off. So, um, no, Mark Richards, uh, Broken record, right? I mean, breaks the broadcast record, now holds that record. He's Mark Richards is now won a singles national, won a doubles national, number one player in the world, number two doubles team in the world, throws a perfect game on TV. Um, you know, all in a rookie just, season. <laughs> and, and I'll add that too. This is kind of insider news. So I don't know if you remember what he mentioned in his um uh, what he mentioned in his uh, post-game speech was, or post-game interview was that, you know, he idolizes Notre Dame head basketball coach, Mike Bray. Well, it's happening today that we're recording, but it's, this is going to air later, but Mike Bray is actually going to call him as a surprise. So I can't wait to see how that comes through. So that'll, nice. be, that'll be really cool. So, you know, uh, just Mark Richards. Um, I saw something out there, you know, could could Mark Richards be the next you know face of cornhole? And I think he embodies a lot of what that means um, from a lot of different levels. Really proud to kind of watch him develop over the past year. Or so 
you Richard's think his students will be uh, excited about him now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you think he'll be popular? Um, well, because he said his students don't care. But I'm like, come on. <laughs> um, other one, uh, it's Zocline and Halbert. Finally, you know, it was a cohesive effort. And Zocline was so good yes. to, get to get to that final four. For a second, I want all of the Zocline fans and family and everything Put away the pro the, the performance on the big stage for a second. I know Zockline didn't perform to that level. Don't let the journey that it took to get there and the performance that it get there over be overshadowed by one single game on that broadcast court. That was the team that I had been waiting for all season. That we've been saying there's going to be so good if they can just put it together and they put it together. Um, incredible to see. Same thing with Wooten and Smith. We've been waiting. When was that team going to put it together and put on an incredible show? So I, I was just excited to see them um, put everything together. On the double side, it was just, it was a really fun atmosphere to kind of watch all these different teams go head to head. The Hollands finally break through. Um, they get on that broadcast. As I said, uh, Birchfield and Rawls were Solid as always, but um, man, an incredible, incredible display on the double side that one will never forget. And, and Mark Richards, uh, for the right reasons, gets to gets to steal the show and be the headline for me. Anthony, Misha, I want to start off with Rosie Streaker and Samantha Finley. Let's go! Did you see that run? Good, great run by them. Man, so statistically, they were fire top in the charts both of them but really some impressive wins they the biggest one going through Turpin and Gonzalez a highest a high seed team twice before Wooten and Smith dumped them out but they had a a solid solid run it actually might help them quite a bit in that in that doubles ranking as well Harbaugh King did it again um they go deep I mean, they're, they're proven to be such a super strong partnership whatever's going on between the two of them it definitely pulls out the best in King um they're definitely a solid partnership uh, the perfect season is over. I mean, Guy and Graham, I think we want to mention that. Um, they did finish deep, third in their bracket, but that and securing that number one spot still. And I think Worlds is going to be a dogfight for that number one spot. Um, but pending some complete self-destruction at Worlds, mathematically, it was kind of what we were talking about earlier with, with, with Mike. I think Richards and Lopez are really the only teams that could reach them mathematically. I mean, they would have to have a really poor showing and some other team having a really good showing, but I think Richards Lopez is, is, is really should be in their, in their line of sight because the only ones to get them. Clemmer and Jones balled out in the losers bracket. They won seven in a row through the losers bracket, ended up finishing fourth. Uh, definitely wanted to give them some props and, and to get there. They, they just played high level cornholes. Really fun to call those matches. Trey, what about Matt Ryan uh, out of Dakota, South Dakota, and Whitney Martinez out of Colorado? Did you see any of that? I was just going to say, I can't believe you led with Finley and Streaker. I thought <laughs> you were going to give Whitney some love right out of the gate for her performance. No, it was, yeah. it was, a, big, it was a big run. I mean, look at some of these runs. They go through uh, the notable Arizona squad, Zaft and Hadley. They get a top 10 doubles team, Foreman and Cree Killer. They take out Ferreira and Cassidy, who just came off a win against Baldwin and Renner. Um, but yeah, so certainly uh, stepping up this weekend at Natty Four. Well done to uh, to those two. 
Funny story um, about that one too. I was just it. talking with uh, earlier today with the old man, Eric Ryder, him and Cameron Presley had to play uh, Martinez and yes. Ryan in their first game. First game. And I, you know, and, and they said, and I was like, you know, we hadn't talked recently about how he played or whatever. And they're like, man, we played really well. And we just, we just never should have lost. You know, we had a little bit of a lead. We just let him creep in. And it was just, you know, a bummer. I thought we were going to win that one. I said, do you, you know where they finished? Right. And he's like, no, I didn't. I didn't pay attention to the bracket after we lost. I said, you know, they finished third in their bracket. And he goes, what? What? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, so just an incredible run to go on uh, and, and just go through some big teams. Yeah, definitely. I was, um, I was proud of them as well. Some other um, events that happened over that weekend, the Sharpshooters defeat the Woodchucks 5-2 to two in the team's broadcast. That was so fun to watch. I loved the team's broadcast. I thought it was so fun to have – the players who probably wouldn't normally get ESPN coverage and then their entire team sitting right behind them, cheering them on, um, like just kind of like Super Bowl vibes where they're excited about every shot. And like, it's just really supportive and cool to see in senior singles. Bob Vonch took first. Philip Hayden took second. Women's doubles. Megan Maupin and Kaylee Hunter take first. And Bella Soprenant and Cameron Belvin take second. The Super Bowl, Jay Cutler and Jay Rubin take it down in a nail biter. Uh, with a crazy ending to that one. Um, so real quick, did you have any uh, thoughts uh, to, to on any of those, Trey? Yeah, I'll, I'll stay on the on the Super Bowl side. You know, Super Bowl is going to be an incredible, you know, it was, it was incredible. We had Jay Cutler hit that game-winning airmail. It was so cool. Him and Jay Rubin get the win, even though Cheyenne Renner put about 800 bags in the hole trying to do everything she could to win that well, game. Well, the ending was a little controversial. Yeah. <laughs> it was done. It was over. It was something. It was something, that's for sure. So, no, Jay Cutler, Jay Rowan, it really, it really rounds out Super Hold to be something really special. So we just think – I'll just you know think about it really quick before Anthony gives his thoughts on, on anything else on the final chase. But we have our eight teams now. Um, so we have – Rosie Streaker and Terry Kirby, uh, they'll be they'll be a team competing. Our second team qualifying, Jacob Trzinski and uh, alongside Mike, the situation from Jersey Shore, they'll be obviously competing. Third national of the year, Jimmy Humans, he originally wins with Joe Biana. Joe Biana can't make it to the event, so Jimmy Humans will still get to play. Instead, he'll be playing alongside Ben Rector. Um, who's oh, kind of, uh, he, he, he's, he's, uh, like an artist. Yeah. Um, and so then also we'll have, uh, Shamar Moore and Trey Birchfield. They won prelim number four, uh, prelim number five was at the final chase, which of course we had, uh, Jay Rubin and Jay Cutler. We're bringing back two past winners of celebrity events. So Doug Flutie is confirmed. He'll be playing alongside Matt Guy. Uh, Marty Smith will also be playing alongside Ryan Smith, um, which leaves one more team to fill. And we just filled that this weekend. Number one, new number one player in the world. Mark Richards will get his shot to play in Super Bowl. He'll be playing alongside um, women's basketball Olympian and Hall of Famer Dawn Staley. Unfortunately, she's a USC Gamecock, but... Um, one of the most <laughs> famous famous names in women's basketball will be playing alongside Mark Richards for the Super Bowl championship as well. So we got our eight teams on ESPN 8 Ocho Day. So I'm, I'm just fired up about Super Bowl. Nice. Anthony, any last-minute thoughts before we go into what's happening this weekend? 
Yeah, just a quick one on seniors. I see we're at the back of the, the, the time here. Um, just, I called all the seniors, seniors matches, so definitely wanted to. Philip Hayden, he was on another level in bracket play. I mean, it wasn't even close. His wins throughout there, not even close margins until he gets to the final. Hits a backside drag bag airmail game winner to get on ESPN. That was an amazing match. But ultimately, if you got to that, when you get to that broadcast, Bob and Phil both killed it. If you look at the stats, they filled up the hole, but Bob was just this much better. Just that much yeah. better. Um, you know, proud of that guy. It's been a while, right, Trey, since uh, since we've seen him kind of make that kind of type of a run and a, a performance on a broadcast. But uh, congrats to him on his seniors championship. Absolutely. All right. We are going to talk now about our coming our event coming up. So we have the ACL Pro Shootout number five and open number 16 in West Virginia. And uh, I was looking at this list because I know we're getting down to the final shootouts. How many shootouts do we have left? Uh, we're halfway. So we got we got four down, four to go. Four down, four to go. Okay, perfect. Because I was thinking I was seeing some names missing and I was wondering how close we were getting there. But got it. Okay, so Trey, thoughts on uh, what's coming up this weekend? All right, so I feel like it's an appropriate time now where I can start laying some pressure on our new number one. We, we gave him all this love, right? Like, okay, go win a shootout now, right? Yep. I, mean, I think it's time, and he's playing in the shootout. Um, he'll be playing alongside Steven Bernasset. So, again, he can't play with Philip Lopez because Philip Lopez already qualified alongside Ryan Smith. So, I think there's a little bit of pressure and it should start to build a little bit on Mark Richards, right? Yes. You want the world championship. You want all these accolades, but it's like, there's a lot of money on the line for a single winner of that shootout. And I think it's going to be important for him, you know, cash in there. Cause you worry all the places you can win money. You can win on the national side. He's yep. going to win some there. You can win on the uh, pro invitational side. He's pretty much slated. He's going to make that. So there's a check. He's going to play in Super Bowl for, you know, there's charity money there. But again, you know, a chance to cash in there. So the last major thing is that shootout. So he needs to figure out a way to get in there. Um, so he's, he's, I'm really, you know, looking and focusing on him. Um, others are really just people that I, I think should be doing something, right? I mean, we have Adam Hister and Cody Henderson, right? Still haven't seen much of them. I, Maybe one day I'll stop mentioning them, but I just it just continues to shock me. I mean, even even when you they just have a play style that shouldn't have had such as as much of a drop off, and maybe it's just been bad luck. But even when I looked at someone like Damon Dennis, look, Damon Dennis was number one, and then he dropped at the end of the rankings. I believe he finished you know three or something like that, and. And he fell all the way to, I think, 10th now or something like that. I mean, he's just outside the top 10 if he's not in the top 10. So it's it's Damon Dennis's play style should be the one that should transfer less in all these new players coming along, throwing the roll bags, dirtying up the game. But Hissner and Henderson shouldn't have dropped that much, even with the great rookie class. So it just doesn't make you know a whole lot of sense to me. Jimmy McGuffin and Jordan Power are teaming up at the shootout. I think that's a really interesting team. Um, and one that uh, last time they paired up, remember, they were up in Canada in Niagara Falls. Jordan Power swept both events. Now, again, talent level isn't going to be the same in comparison to, that shoot to this shootout and that Canadian event. But certainly it's a team 
that when you put them together, um, I think could could certainly be dangerous. Um, but you know, Damon Dennis, Philip Hayden, another team. Obviously, I'm looking at Michael Lucas Jr. and Michael Dingus, Frank Maudlin, Austin Slobom, kind of all teams that have played decently well, but kind of looking to make a splash here um, as far as the, uh, the 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 next shootout goes. What if we got the Donald Cup from the blind draw? <laughs> <laughs> Donald Cup from the pro blind draw was another un- level. Untouchable. <laughs> final un- That's what I'm saying. He can make it happen in a shootout. <laughs> you never know. All right, Anthony, what do you think? Uh, Trey covered the shootout pretty well. Just just the, the four singles uh, men's that are already in. Graham, Rawls, Smith, and Humans. You already mentioned R- Richards. Definitely the favorite in singles. I really like the Hollands, both Hollands coming up behind them, Josh and Derek Holland. I think those are going to be your three strongest, but with a Matthew Pre-Killer kind of creeping around there as well. Uh, doubles, Davis and Guy already in. You said Smith and, and Lopez, uh, Graham and Guy, Windsor, Wooten already in. In doubles, we got Trey Birchfield and Rawls in the field. They're heavy favorites to me, but the Hollands right there with them. I mean, we just saw all of them on the broadcast. And then you mentioned Richards and uh, picking up a Burnisette now since his partner's all qualified. I think those are going to be your strong ones. Um, in women's, we've got, uh, you know, we've got Renner already in, Streaker already in, Hunter and Coy. I think the, the favorite coming into this one, Sarah Cassidy is registered for this one. I don't think she made the last one. I think she's going to be a strong favorite with Altice in the way Alice or the way Finley was throwing at the last or just coming out of the nationals. If she throws like that again, she's going to be in the mix to, uh, to make a, uh, to grab one of those spots out of the women's singles. Agreed. All right. Any, any last minute thoughts on the open before we wrap up the show, Anthony? No thoughts. I'm just kind of going through the list here. I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Trey? Did you get a chance to digest this open? It doesn't look super stacked, right? Yeah, it's got some interesting combinations. Yeah. I think of the mo- things that, that that I'm looking towards the most. I mean, here's some weird teams that I found that I thought would be kind of interesting. Miranda Coy and Caleb Batson. Yeah. That is <laughs> – now, bag selection, it makes perfect sense. There's going to be complete yeah, bag chemistry there. Creek Killer and Bella, I feel like, are a similar one on that. Creek Killer and Bella certainly are a big team there. Um, obviously, you have some big team names like Eric Zocline and Tanner Halbert. Uh, some other ones, Trey Hunt and Jalen Jones, which I thought that was very unique. We got Richards and Lopez. That's kind of uh, boring. Um, what about um, <laughs> what about Weedenfield and Foreman? Yes, that's what I was just going to say. That next. one's interesting. Yeah, Weedenfield and Foreman, Samantha Finley and Ryan Smith. They Dude, McGuffin and, and Jordan Power. Yep, they're, they're, so they're playing the shootout and the open together. Finley and Smith have been trying to play together for a number of events, and they finally got linked up. I was talking to Sam Finley about that a while back, so I thought that one was interesting. Um, Why do you think the Gores didn't pair together? Uh, because I think they like to have fun with whatever. I think which one of uh, – is it Jackson playing? Jackson's Jack playing with one? Trevor. Caballero, so that'll be interesting. Yep. Yeah, is with Colton Boyer, but it's interesting that they're not with each other. Uh, Corey yeah. Morrison, Tom Gustafson, I think the Tom Gustafson, Stephen Burnisette pairing may not carry over into next season. I think we may be at the end of that partnership. Um, that's what my gut tells me, um, but we'll see if that if that rings true. Um, 
uh, Frank Maudlin, Austin Slobom, Justin, Justin Rule and David Searle playing together. Um, there was another one. Justin Burton Jr., I believe, was playing with Logan Chamberlain. I think I saw that as well. Two high, high-tier Texas yeah. amateurs, and I think that's going to be a good one. Oh, and here's the other one I was going to talk about. So we saw Fisher Hamilton. We talked about the U18 piece of it. And if he wants his best opportunity, it's going to have to go up in those open rankings. He cannot do that in singles. He has no room to go up because he won an open event. Okay, he matched. The only way he can improve on his ranking this weekend is for him to do well in doubles. So I put it out there. I I didn't tell him. I didn't tell anybody to tell him. But my thought was, look, if you want to increase and guarantee a spot, you got to find a way to finish really well in doubles. I'd go find we'll get a ringer. Great, great we'll ringer. yourself a ringer. He goes with Gavin Cano, which is an amateur out of the state of Texas. Not necessarily saying it was the wrong decision. I'm just saying it was an interesting decision for me that he didn't try to poach a really top pro to see if they could get him in. But that's a team that certainly has a lot of talent, both of them being amateurs. I think Cano won his bracket uh, at the last uh, Open, too. So, yeah, he's... He's in the mix. Yeah. All right. It's time for holy hot takes. Do you guys have your hot takes ready? Go ahead, Anthony. All right. I'm going to go with the shootout singles champ. Um, Mark Richards is not a hot take. Alex Rawls is not a hot take. Josh <laughs> or Derek Holland is not a hot take. Correct. My hot take, Trey. You're going to hate. I think you're going to hate me on this. I think you're getting tired of it. Tired of me saying it. Who, who do you Who do you think I'm going to say is going to be my singles sh- hot take for the shootout? I think you're counting. It. You're counting how many times I say his name. Oh, Joe Neistat. There he Joe Neistat wins oh, shootout number five in singles. <laughs> I didn't see him on there. I was going to say, well, Joe Neistat, if he's there. <laughs> I, I'm calling him out again. Come on, Joe. Let's go. It's time. <laughs> it's time. All right. I am going to uh, double down on a hot take I tried earlier, but I'm going to try it again. And I might just try keep trying it. Yeti Irwan wins women's singles at this Okay. Shootout. I like it. And I am I like I'm going to somewhat double down because uh, last week I said that Mark Richards will win some shootout at some point. I'm saying this is the weekend, I think, coming off of this national win. And I know that's not a hot take as Mark Richards, but he struggled in the shootouts. So it's, it's warm. It's warm. Come on. <laughs> All right, fine. Well, that's what it is. Deal with that's it. A cool take. it's a cool day well you know what it's 107 degrees here so i can't take anything hot all right (laughs) all right guys thanks so much for joining us we will see you all uh, next week and enjoy the cornhole coming up this weekend in west virginia